Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA all-star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. And we are here together asking the question, is it possible for both of us to be living out our purpose, staying in love, and raising a healthy family? Yes. And today, what are we doing? Uh, It's going to be a little unusual. Okay. But before we get into it, I do want to tell a story about us. Oh. Something unique about us. What is what are we talking about? It's the most wonderful time oh, of the year. And it's not Christmas. It's Jeff's March Madness, right? Well, I mean, I do like college basketball. Like is a very, like, it's such a small word compared to what is really what you're feeling about March Madness. Well, we'll and see. And college basketball. Yeah, I love, I do love college basketball. I grew up a Michigan State fan. Michigan State Spartans. I grew up going to games with my dad. I have tons of amazing memories of the two of us going into the Breslin Center in East Lansing and then coming out and it snowed after a win. It snowed in our, in our you know, like the entire, you literally go in, there's nothing, you come out and there's this beautiful a snow. winter wonderland. A winter wonderland. But in March, it's a whole nother level. Well, we have definitely um, decided to make it fun. Do you, wait, do you remember why just, we did this? Oh, yes. Be, I think if I remember from my mind, because it started 16 years ago, was because all you did was watch basketball for an entire month. Like there was nothing else on TV. And it drove me so crazy because I was not invested like you were and I didn't care. And so you decided to wager a bet so that I would care. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is we actually read a book together called His Needs, Her Needs. I do not remember any of this. I was going to give you, in the midst of this conversation, the benefit of the doubt. Because in His Needs, Her Needs, it says that both of us, basically, this is me paraphrasing from a book right I read now, 16 I years no ago. No, that you're supposed to go out of your way to like meet something that brings your, your partner joy. And for me, college basketball brings me joy. And so you were like, and I challenged you, and yes, we have every year for 16 years, this is the 17th year, we have done, we put a $100 wager on the tournament. Yes. And so we do, Cash a, money. we do a bracket. In my pocket. We do a bracket one-on-one. Yes. One-on-one. Uh, just you and me. Just the two of us. Head to head. And there's specific Every year. rules. And Schoenberger, what's wait, the score? Wait, wait. What's wait, the before, score? Before we get there, before we get there. I want to say that. Look at this. We. I already know. The rules are we have to fill it out. It has to be in by Tuesday night before all the game or Wednesday night. I'm sorry, before all the games start. And every game is worth one point. All They're the way to the end. Very specific. There's not in our rules weighted. Here. We're yeah. not weighted. We've done this every year, literally for 16 years. This is the 17th year. And to be fair and to you, can we just say what the score is? Everybody's well, wondering. I was, and you are really trying to avoid it. I was winning seven to six. <laughs> See, I was. I was winning seven to six, and I noticed. Tense? I noticed that you were losing interest. <laughs> oh, you are not going to do that to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are not you going beat to me discredit my winning, babe. You have won. I'm gonna. You hear that? This is the internet. I'm sharing it very clearly. You have won. You have won 
the last three years in a row. In a row, people. So the current tally is you've won nine years, I've won seven. I am ahead by two. And to be, there's one pair of pants that Andre owns from Lululemon. Yep. That, you know, like the... The fancy. Yeah, they cost a hundred bucks. And, and I so, use my hundred bucks. And every time you wear them, I you just kind of shake them. my booty a little bit, you, you know, just to kind of show you. So here's the deal. These are the winning. This is the setup for the podcast. I'm going to ask Matt, who's right here with us. I'm going to tell, I'm going to say, because this is the start of March Madness that we're actually recording it, but it's going to come out at the end of March Madness. So at the end of this episode, I do want to record one little bit at the end to kind of keep people on the edge of their seat that we're going to record in about four weeks from now. And we're going to share who is now winning. Is well, it- no, let's be clear. You won't be winning even <laughs> if you win this year. You will be up one more and yeah. it will be nine to eight. If and I win. And that means Andre, me, moi, will still be winning. <laughs> so let's make that clear. Number two, if I go up again this year, I will be ahead by three. Three years, which is the yeah. biggest gap we have ever had <laughs> but, in winning. Okay. And I don't know if you can come back like, from that. I, I like, just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can come back from that. Matt, I can't even get a word in here. Wait. And I have one more thing to say about this. Besides the fact that I'm winning is that I'm winning without knowledge. I would put it that way. So like Jeff is in it. He knows every detail who the teams, who's this, what coach just got, you know, booted for doing bad things, what player got hurt. You know these stats. I know nothing, and I am still winning. Okay. Well. Thank you. Apparently. Thank you very much. Apparently, we're a little competitive, (laughs) if you didn't notice. Andre is winning. Okay, but at the end of the episode, if you listen all the way to the end, we're going to tell you, we're going to let you know who won this season's uh, bracket because we're going to add mean that in future. Yeah, future episodes. But let's... no, no, no. At the end of this episode, we're going to tap it back in, right? We can. Figure... Oh, so we'll, we're going to okay. edit it in. So we're going to have a before and after. This is the before. But listen, um, at the end, you'll hear who won this year. Now, listen, uh, today is a special episode because we took questions from the audience. People people gave us questions, have been writing into us, from giving listeners. us from listeners. Yes. And we haven't looked at them. We haven't even looked so at them. So our K- Kayla, Kayla the, our assistant, she yeah. typed them all up. Oh, my goodness. We have them turned over. I'm a little stressed about face this. Face down on the table. And we are just going to flip the paper over. And we're going to answer some of the questions. And we're going to answer. Can we do this? Ready? Go. Oh, boy. Did you hear the sound of the flip of the paper? (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask the first question. What books are you reading on relationships right now? And what are you learning? Oh, well, the newest book I can just tell you right now that we literally got in this week was the newest book by John Gottman. Um, and his wife, Julie Gottman, um, called Eight Dates. And first of all, they are like the top researchers of marriage relationships in general, like nationwide across the board. They're the top researchers. And they have done like 20, 30 years of research on this. And so they have come up with out with their newest book called Eight Dates. And it's really just basically questions they want you to go out on the dates they want you to ask these questions 
but they have very good like parameters and ways to ask the questions so that it leads to good conversation and not fights. Yeah, so that's the book. We're not all the way through it yet. We're just no, getting started. We on just it. got started. Um, but I will say, but I'm very excited about it. We do like the Gottman Institute. We like a lot of things that they say. We've learned a lot from them. And um, if you've never heard of them, actually, they were on a great podcast with Dax Shepard. I know it was so good. Armchair, what's his armchair expert? Armchair expert. And that could give you a good primer on the way that they think. And it, I mean, it was wor- definitely worth listening to. Yes. So check it out. That's what we're learning right now. And that's what we're reading right now. Here's the next question. Where do you each fall on the tidying up trend? Mm. Love um, the new, I love this new trend. Uh, it's actually, um, it's funny because it's an old term. My mom used to say tidying up all the time. We need to tidy up a little bit. I think that's funny. That's true. Um, Okay. So first of all, Jeff, you've done nothing regarding the tidying up trend, but you have watched the show. I'm just saying nothing like in terms of our home per se. I 100% (laughs) disagree with you, first of all, Um, because I've actually been pondering this for years. For years and for years, I might have wrote a book called More or Less. <laughs> so while you okay, discredit okay. You me. You got me. But I guess I was very specific. To, I was talking very specifically to how she goes through like the drawers and the clothes and folding very specifically and like kind of all along on that. And this is what I will say about it. Um, I think that there's you can go it's helpful but if you go crazy it can be feel like a lot of pressure that you need to do all these things that you really it's difficult to find time to do all these things um both working life kids all the things so i would say i think it would be great to just if there's one area that feels very um stressful and unmanageable in terms of how messy it is just choose that one thing and for me, it was my kids' clothes. It literally has been driving me crazy. And constant, like as soon as I put their clothes in their drawers, it's a mess the next day. Mm. And so I couldn't take it anymore. So I did the whole thing. Like I taught the kids about the folding. I showed them the clothes. Does this bring you joy? I did it all with them. But I only did their clothes And my life already feels better in just that area. But, I mean, their toys are crazy and my life is crazy. Everything else in our kitchen is crazy. But I felt like that. I felt okay. I felt like one part is very manageable now. Yeah. I mean, my thing on this is that the reason why I like to get rid of things is to simplify my life in many ways as I possibly can and also to give out of generosity to others of things that are already in our home. And I think, mm-hmm. so for me, the the lens I see it through is to kind of consistently, yeah. consistently um, look through the things that we have been given and figure out what we're using or we're not using. And if we are not using it, then maybe we could bless someone else with it and to generously give it to someone else that could benefit from it. Yeah. And um, so that's... We do that with the kids' bikes. We've done it with all of their old things. Yeah. We're right. constantly trying to get rid of that stuff to give uh, it to somebody. I don't even know if you know this, but I recently actually wrote an article for Simplify Magazine. Oh. And um, I should share it with you. It's so funny. 
Uh, Why not know this? Yeah, Simplify Magazine is a really cool resor- resource that Joshua Becker created. And you actually, I think you pay $20 and you get a lifetime subscription to it. And it comes digitally. And um, I wrote this story about how um, I had done a social experiment for 30 days where every day I gave something to someone. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't, it wasn't like I didn't like publicize it or do some big thing, but what did I learn from it? What I learned is like, if I, the more I started listening to the needs of others, I started realizing I had a lot of those things, things that could meet the needs. Sometimes it was as simple as giving that someone a book that I had. Right. Instead of keeping it on my bookshelf, I would just I would have this conversation about family or about work or whatever, and I would have a book on it. it. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get that book and bring it to you. Yeah, and I would yeah. give it to him. That's or a great idea. It was it was crazy when I was proactively looking for something to help someone that I I had what was needed. Yeah, and it so for me, I think the tidying up concept is more around realizing the abundance I have in my life and how I could help others with it. Yeah. All right. Our next question is. What advice do you have when someone says my husband wife is a different person than when I married them? They changed. I mean, that's true to our story. That's true to it's, literally everyone in the whole world. Yeah. Story. So instead of thinking like that, that's a surprise, I would say that's the norm. That's the norm. And that's also should be celebrated. Yes. I mean, because don't, we should all be changing and evolving and progressing. Now, I I have a feeling that the person who put this question in maybe feels that their partner has changed for the worst or not changed in the way that they want them to change. Mm. And I have a feeling that's maybe the underlying motive of this question. And to that, I would say is that... Um, they're not going to change to be the people you want them to be. Right. Like, that's the... Ever. Like, uh, yeah. ever. You it's have just changed. an unrealistic expectation. Now, there's things about each of us that has stayed very consistent, but we equally have changed a lot. Have I wanted you to change in all the ways that you have changed? Well, first of all, we no. shouldn't put that expectation on one another. No. Yeah. No. And, and, and no, you've changed based on a series of life experiences, a series of readings, a series of all these different things that have happened that have caused who you are today. And that's over 16 years. Yeah. I mean, my response to this in short is yes, your partner is going to consistently change. Yeah. The question is, are you going to consistently love them? Yeah. Even in the midst of the change. Yeah. And looking also at yourself, right? I mean, the person asking this, like, I'm sure you've changed. Yeah. I'm sure you've changed exponentially. And so what ways even, you know, if you look back at you, how much have you changed as well? And don't you want your partner to still love you through those changes? So the mutuality in that and the reminder that we all are going to constantly change. We'll never be the same person. And I hope we're not because that would be sad. That would be sad. Next question. Man, these questions are great from our listeners. And we're going to give opportunities more for more listeners to give us questions. I hope this is helpful. They, people might be listening to this and be like, this is a waste of my time. <laughs> Delete. Delete. Uh, <laughs> but let's go on to the next question. Um, how has the podcast impacted your relationship? And what advice do you have to other couples sharing their story publicly? Oh, yeah. I forgot about the fact that we're kind of sharing this publicly, right? Um, I would say that... First of all, the podcast, I say this all the time, 
every week feels like a marriage counseling. It feels like I learned something new about you. I learned something new about marriage. Mm. I learned something new about um, other people and they inspire me and cause me to think of new things. And so for me, every week feels like a growing and a learning. And I love picking little parts that I hear from everyone's story and really kind of seeing how that could unfold in, in our in our story, in our relationship. So I feel like it's been very positive for me. What about you? Or do you want to answer the second part? What advice do you have to other people? Yeah, I'll answer the second part because I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, you know, I think whenever you share, this is a this is a tension that I think people have with like putting even pictures of their kids on the internet. Some people struggle with that. Um, or feel attention, not struggle might be the wrong word, have, feel attention with that, which I think is fair. You know, I think anything, everything that we have in life is not meant to be shared openly, right? right? I think there's things that you and I, we have stories that we know are not meant to be public stories. Yeah. And we actually have this conversation with every couple we interview that, Hey, if there's something that you share that you don't want us to include in this, we're not going to include it. Like no, it's not. Edit it. We're going to edit it out, and and so that is a real tension that we commonly talk about. Is like, is this our story to share? Is it our kids' story to share? Is you know what of these? What of our stories are meant to stay for our family? Mm-hmm. And so I would say some you know there's a spectrum of thought on on how public you can be with your relationships and. Um, with your own personal stories, and there's a lot of good answers to that. But for us, it's like I think we sit in the tension and want to consistently try to evaluate what we feel comfortable sharing and giving ourselves the space to edit out what isn't meant to be a public conversation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, our last question that we'll take today is how do you healthily manage financial stress? Mm. I think you probably feel this the most, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I consistently have this feeling that as a man, I should have... um, The provider, protector role, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think that that is within me. And and the truth is, you don't think that. I think that it's a... It's society putting this on you right. that you shouldn't feel. I don't right. think men should feel this pressure. Right, and you don't think that at all, which is which is so funny because I consistently feel that and a need for that. I've felt it for years, and you've constantly looked at me and been like, Jeff, I don't think this way. Like, you don't need to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I remember one time... When And it relates, the, the reason why I think this is a really good question for this podcast is it directly relates to the project of love or work. At the end of the day, you want me to live out my purpose. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that deeply, that you will do whatever it takes knowing that I am doing something that is related to my purpose and calling. Meaningful work. Meaningful work. And to the extent that you looked at me one day and said, Jeff, I don't care if it doesn't work out. If you have to go get a job, like you're like, what's the, you literally said, what's the worst that can happen? We lose our house. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like you said that. And I remember that was a very humbling moment for me because I stress the money all the time. 
I really do. I'm, I'm a fundraiser. I have to fundraise for this organization. I stress that. I think about it for the families of the team that I have. I stress that. One time I remember walking into a room and all of the families of the people that worked for us were in one space. Like babies, the babies, the spouses, everybody. And my kids were in there and I got, I actually got really stressed out, which it was funny because no one else in the room knew what was going through my head. Yeah. And you know, listen, I, I can see that for a leader for sure. Like a leaders of organizations. And I a hundred percent, agree with that because you're looking at, like you said, families and kids and supporting that. But I think there's this pressure like within our own family unit that you feel that's on top of that. And that's what I disagree with. I think I don't want you to feel that pressure, that pressure from me, that pressure within our family, because I view this as a partnership. And if we're a part, if we're partners, then we should both carry the load equally. You know what's so funny? As you're ta- as we're talking about this, my I'm getting stressed out. Really? Right now, my shoulders started creeping Man, up. Man, I feel and so I, I just bad started for you. sweating. Man, I feel so bad for you in this context because I just I think society has done well, this. But hang on, right? here's. A little bit, but in addition, we've done it to ourselves because the reality is there is many people listening to this segment right now that are in extreme debt. Yeah. yeah. And that debt adds another layer. Of, adds so many layers yeah. to the stress that goes along with normal stresses of life. Right. Yeah. And so for us, we talked about this a few episodes back. We did a, there was a time that we were in a lot of debt that we went through Financial Peace University. It was really helpful for us. But I think the first thing that you have to realize is don't keep adding debt onto it, right? Yeah. So sometimes there's seasons where you just got to go out of your way to, to pay off debt. Kill the debt. To kill the debt so that you can take that stress load off of your shoulders. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. Like this is a real part of relationships that I think we're not going to be able to fully address right now, but in the future, we're going to have more people that can share about this topic. Yeah. I think we should definitely figure like do a future episode all around money because I think that's probably in financials within the relationships, because I think that's probably one of the biggest tensions people feel. Right. It's so funny because we're not in a bad financial situation right now at all. And, and you're sitting here and I'm getting stressed out, out talking. That's about it. crazy because I just I literally don't feel a single thing right now. Nothing. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way. And men, I'm sorry that somehow you have meant to be felt this way. Like that is just that's to me is very sad. It's mm. very sad because I hope that, you know, that like. As women, we want to partner with you. We want to be on the journey with you. And we don't expect this other extra thing that you're feeling. So, Well, to wrap this up, I do want to go back to something related to money. You mean my $100 that I'm going to win? So to close up, thank, thank you for all these questions. We started this with a $100 bet. A bet, straight up, hundred dollar cash money in my pocket. So we're gonna close this up. We're gonna come back to it, and we're gonna let you know who won this year's 2019 March Shinna Battle. 
Shinna Battle. Shinna Battle. March Madness. Bracket. Here we go. Hey, we are back. Man, it's been a quite quite the season of March Madness. Major upsets. Major upsets. Oh, not for me. <laughs> not so much for me. What about you? My bracket got blown up. Well, I know you were guys were all wondering. Everyone was wondering what the results were on the March Madness one-on-one head-to-head Mano e Andreo. <laughs> Who won the March Madness? And so we're back just really quickly to give you the update. Do you want to share? I, I mean, what, what, what happened, Andre? Punk. Uh, so Jeff won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Great, but y'all just need to know I am still in the lead. I literally won before the second round was completely done. <laughs> I annihilated you. It was a bad one, folks. This year was a bad one. But just so you know, the lead is still by me. Which is, what is the score, babe? Just go ahead. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here before. <laughs> you're beating eight. You're winning nine to eight. But watch out, because here I come. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening to us. We like to have fun. We hope you're having fun in your marriage, too. We like to compete. We like to keep things interesting. And this is another way that we do it. Hopefully, you find creative ways for you to do that in your partnership. Have a great day. This episode was produced by DJ Oak Diggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.